KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, October 12th. We explain the two sports gambling measures on your ballot. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego Unified scores on last spring's standardized tests show a drop from before the pandemic. Language arts scores were down 4% and math scores were down 7%. Those numbers are compared to 2019's testing. District Superintendent Lamont Jackson said the district is providing resources to help students recover academically and emotionally from the pandemic. A man classified as a sexually violent predator will be moved to Hakamba Hot Springs next month after a judge approved his release yesterday. The judge's ruling follows a hearing where dozens of residents spoke out against the placement. According to the San Diego County District Attorney's Office, 71-year-old William Stafford was convicted of numerous sex offenses between 1968 and 1990 in San Diego County. He was sentenced to 20 years in state prison in 1990 and petitioned for placement into the conditional release program in 2019. He is the fifth sexually violent predator to be released into the small desert community. If you're planning a trip to Disneyland or California Adventure, brace yourself for higher ticket prices. Disney increased the ticket costs for its Anaheim theme parks yesterday. The price for a one-day ticket now ranges from $104 to $179 based on the day you plan to visit. Park Hopper tickets now range from $164 to $244. The cost of multi-day tickets are increased by 9 to 12 percent. Disney also raised its prices this time last year. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. There are competing ballot measures that would legalize sports betting. Prop 26 would allow in-person sports gambling at Indian casinos, whereas Prop 27 would introduce online sports betting to California. Thad Kalzer is a professor of political science at UC San Diego. He spoke with KPBS's Maureen Cavanaugh about the measures. So for background, California is actually one of the holdouts in the country on single-game sports betting. Haven't many other states legalized a form of online or in-person sports betting? Yes, since the Supreme Court allowed states to do this in 2018, there's been this huge gold rush all across the country with states taking different routes, but really all nearly all moving in, in the direction of legalizing gaming. California is one of the last holdouts, and that seems surprising. And it looks like as of November, we may still be a holdout because neither of these initiatives is faring very well in initial polling. Yeah, let's talk about that. First of all, where do each of the dueling sports betting propositions come from? Who's behind Prop 26? 
Prop 26 is the one sponsored by most of the gaming tribes in California, the places where you can already drive and go to their Las Vegas-style casinos. It would allow them to add some new games like roulette, but most importantly, add gambling on sports, college and pro sports. As well, the other place you could drive and do that in person would be horse racing tracks like Del Mar, like Santa Anita in Los Angeles. So those uh, tracks are there, but it's mostly the tribes, the gaming tribes that are behind Prop 26. And you'd have to be there in person to do the betting. Absolutely. As opposed to Prop 27, that would let you do it wherever you can touch your cell phone. So we would have online gaming uh, that could take place wherever. And that one is backed by the two giants of online gaming, FanDuel and DraftKings. They're providing the lion's share of the multi, really hundreds of millions of dollars for Proposition 27. Now, considering how much is being spent on these propositions, sports betting must generate a huge amount of money. Absolutely. I mean, if you wonder why people are spending millions of dollars on these propositions, that's because the industry it would create in California would be worth billions, uh, multiple billions of dollars every year. There's huge demand and there are two really different groups that want to that want to supply it uh, and want to have that that monopoly ability to do it. So with with all that possibility of profit, they're investing Money that we haven't really seen. This is like what a presidential campaign looked like just a couple decades ago. Uh, this $400 million is, is just a massive amount of money. Now, supporters of Prop 26, the in-person sports betting proposition, they claim the Prop 27 ads are misleading. Are they? If you watch some of the ads, you see that you would think that this was an ad about a proposition about homelessness and stopping gambling addiction. And and indeed, hundreds of millions of dollars a year would come from Pop 27 to fight homelessness and gambling addiction. Now, that's not a lie, but it's not the main thrust of the proposition, right? The reason FanDuel's and DraftKings are spending so much money is so, so that they can uh, so that they can do online gaming, not so that they can fight homelessness. They are selling the best and most publicly popular part of their initiative. They're not lying about it, but uh, but it's not the reason they went to the ballot. Well, that, as you mentioned, recent polling does find that both propositions will probably fail. Does that have anything to do with Californians being opposed to legal sports betting? You know, there was an interesting poll done in the spring of this year before either campaign was run that really showed that Californians were not all that enthusiastic about gaming. You know, Californians have, have voted for gambling uh, in casino and slot machines as part of a package deal in a way that that would benefit uh, tribes in California group that many think got a, has gotten a very raw deal from California and California government over its history. But there hasn't been nearly as much support for just expanding gaming overall and especially having everywhere in our in our houses, wherever our phones are. Maybe that's because Vegas is only a few hours away if you want to go there. And, and maybe that's why we're not as supportive as all the other states that are rushing into this. That was UC San Diego professor Thad Kelzer speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. Another statewide prop before votes is Proposition 29. Here's CalMatters reporter Anna Ibarra. Proposition 29 would add new rules for California's dialysis clinics. If the measure passes, at least one physician, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant would need to be on-site at every clinic location. That's in addition to the registered nurses and technicians already there. Two other similar measures have failed in recent years. Prop 29's main backer is a healthcare worker union. 
Supporters say the measure could improve patient care and increase transparency. The opposition campaign includes California's doctor lobby and dialysis giants DeVita and Fresenius. They say new staffing requirements could be too expensive for some clinics and lead sites to cut hours or shut down, potentially limiting patients' access to care. So vote yes if you want more rules for dialysis clinics. Vote no if you don't. In Bakersfield, I'm Ana Ibarra. Now to a local measure that will be on the ballots of those who live in the city of San Diego. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer explains the People's Ordinance and a proposal to amend it. Single-family homeowners in the city of San Diego haven't paid additional fees for trash pickup in over 100 years thanks to a law called the People's Ordinance. Homeowner service is paid out of the city's general fund, but multifamily complexes and businesses have to hire private waste haulers. That could change if voters approve Measure B on the November ballot. Measure B's opponents include the San Diego County Taxpayers Association. Haney Hong is the group's president and CEO. If you want to make this more fair and more equitable, the answer is not charging everybody twice, including the single-family homeowners. The answer is charging everybody once. The Climate Action Campaign supports Measure B. Mike Nabb is the group's co-director of policy. In a place where you never see your bill for trash removal, you don't care whether you put recyclable things into your landfill bin or compostable things into your landfill bin. The ballot measure would also guarantee free trash bins for all, which the city does not currently provide. If Measure B passes, it would be at least two years before any fees are charged. The city's independent budget analyst estimates customers would pay $23 to $29 per month per customer. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up, we have details on two film festivals kicking off this week. We'll have that story and more just after the break. Stay close. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. A recent study found a growing number of young people are experiencing anxiety and depression. The increase in mental health concerns is pushing some schools to be proactive. The Escondido Union High School District is expanding their behavioral support with a new mobile health center. We're trying to create spaces of wellness and um, the ability for students to self-refer for counseling. We've certainly seen an increase in that as well. Uh, we, all, we think this is a good sign as mental health literacy seems to be improving with our young people. That was Kim Bodie, the Escondido Union High School District social worker. She says the Mobile Health Center will spend one day a week at each of the Escondido high schools. It will start with counseling services and eventually expand to dental and psychiatric care. In other education-related news, KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer tells us about a new initiative to teach school kids about the hazards of fentanyl. On Tuesday, the Board of Supervisors unanimously approved a proposal 
to work with school officials and the state legislature to require fentanyl awareness education in the classroom. Jim Crittenden is a drug and alcohol prevention coordinator at the San Diego County Office of Education. He says the biggest risk are counterfeit pills, drugs that kids might think are one thing, but actually contain fentanyl. Yeah, when we're looking at our youth, it, it is primarily accidental. Um, they could be, they could be self-medicating. They, they may think they're getting an oxycodone or a Xanax or even Adderall, um, and, it, and it's, going, it's going to contain fentanyl. 12 children under the age of 18 died from a fentanyl overdose in San Diego County last year. That's more than twice the number in 2020. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. The board also approved making more Narcan available in schools. That's a medication to treat overdoses and will provide training for parent and student first responders on using it. The San Diego City Council yesterday received a cannabis equity report. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says it aims to help minority communities participate in the legal market. The report found, unsurprisingly, that Black and Latino San Diegans were disproportionately criminalized under the prohibition of marijuana. But today, many of those people have been excluded from the legal cannabis industry. The report recommends setting aside a certain number of cannabis business licenses for people with prior arrests on marijuana charges, like Armand King, who now leads the nonprofit Paving Great Futures. As you all know, San Diego is the last major city in the state to implement a cannabis social equity program. This actually puts us in a great position because we can learn from our older siblings who have fumbled the ball. The council still has to decide how many more cannabis businesses it wants to allow and whether the strict zoning regulations on pot shops should be eased. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. This month, San Diego has four overlapping film festivals for cinephiles to choose from. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando previews the San Diego Italian and San Diego Filipino film festivals that kick off this week. This week, there's an embarrassment of cinematic riches as the Italian and Filipino film festivals overlap. The Italian Film Festival launches its 16th year, but without its passionate founder, Victor LaRuccia, who died in March. Artistic director Antonio Iannotta says there's sadness, but also joy at the legacy LaRuccia leaves behind. For Victor, the festival was a piazza, a place where people could gather, talk to each other, argue about uh, topics that are important to each other, and uh, find something new in a movie. LaRuccia did pick the theme for this year's festival, Choice, says Iannotta. So to choose means to potentially put ourselves in danger, but that danger makes us what we are. In the opening night film, The King of Laughter, it's an actor who makes choices. Buonasera a tutti. Allo, siamo pronti. It's an historic movie, but it's a movie about art and politics, and also very informative about uh, a particular period in Italian and Neapolitan uh, cultures. That's important to the festival, which emphasizes that it's not just about Italian films, but about an Italian perspective. The Land of Sons considers how the written word links us to our humanity. This is a post-apocalyptic science fiction movie, something very rare in Italian cinema, but something very powerful, based on an Italian graphic novel that tells a powerful story about a son that loses 
his father and everything. He's alone and needs to fight for his survival. But perhaps the film that sums up the festival best and embodies LaRouche's idea of a piazza is the enchanting short Chinamare, which looks to the people who to this day travel with projectors and screens to show movies in rural Italy. Creating a sense of community around film is also at the heart of the San Diego Filipino Film Festival, founded by Emma Francisco and Benito Batista. So because we are Filipino filmmakers, half of our experience and our culture is hospitality. We welcome strangers into our house. And that house happens to be a cinema showcasing films from around the globe and across the U.S. that highlight the Filipino experience. This year, the festival looks at a nanny in Hong Kong, a singer in Las Vegas, and a woman who gets hit on the head by a TV. She then imagines she's entered a Philippine action film from the 1970s. The delightfully inventive film is Leonor Will Never Die from Martika Ramirez Escobar. It screened at Sundance earlier this year and now makes its San Diego debut, says Batista. What we love about the film is the idea of a woman Filipina filmmaker, you know, having an auteur handle about concepts and stories that are not your usual take on things. And this is coming from a young perspective and design. The festival not only highlights new films, but also pays homage to the past. This year, there's a retrospective screening of the late Marilu Diaz Abaya's Carnal from 1983. I want the audience to be curious about her work. Her husband was a cinematographer, and, and her husband said, why don't you direct the film? And nervous and challenged, she did, and she did very well. As a filmmaker himself, Batista wants the festival to not only support other filmmakers, but also to help convince parents that a career in the arts is possible for their children. They can see that a filmmaker can have a voice, that a filmmaker can be economically sustainable, that a filmmaker can create impactful stories that we can learn from. New voices as well as veteran ones will be highlighted at both the San Diego Filipino and Italian film festivals that kick off this week. But you may want to clone yourself because it's all happening at the same time. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. The San Diego Italian Film Festival kicks off tonight at the Museum of Photographic Arts. And the San Diego Filipino Film Festival launches tomorrow night at AMC Otay Ranch Theaters. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day.